I'm Matthew Woods, host of Leading Out of the Woods, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Live. I am excited to be here with you all on this beautiful, sunny Saturday morning here in Texas. Hopefully, wherever you are joining us from, it is a a great start to your day. And as always, thank you so much, no matter where you are in the world, wherever it is that you're joining us, for making us part of your day. I really appreciate all the likes, shares, the follows, all the support. Thank you so much for all the emails, the reviews. You guys have been great. And you know what we do, that we do this, excuse me, for our passion for education. So again, thank you as always from the bottom of my heart for all of that support. And today I am really excited because I have an amazing guest. This is a great way. I mean, we connected. I got an email. I was so excited. I was reading like what we would be talking about. And as you know, AI has been the hot topic since December. And as you know, our shows have been, you know, we've been talking about AI from different perspectives, from education leaders, higher ed, uh, in the higher ed space, how we can use it in the classroom. And today, again, we're going to have a wonderful conversation with Nicole Bjornison, who is joining us from the East Coast. Nicole, how are you this morning? I'm good. I wish I could say it's sunny here, but it's kind of gray and rainy. Um, I'm in New York and hopefully we'll get some nicer weather soon. <laughs> yes, hopefully as the summer gets started and all that good stuff. So yeah, as you guys get ready to go on break as well. So again, thank you so much, Nicole, for being here. And I'm excited about today's topic because again, I know that you have already been doing some work with AI and implementing it into the classrooms. And right now in the warm up chat, I just got so excited about what you and your district and within your school are planning on doing and planning, you know, kind of to get ahead, um, you know, as far as what is happening. But before we get into that, Nicole, as you know, you know, everybody that is a guest on my tech life, you know, I liken them to a superhero. And as we know, superheroes all have origin stories. So Nicole, can you please share a little bit about your education journey and how you, uh, you know, got into this space and the work that you're doing? Yeah, I'd love to. So I, um, as a, as a child, I had, I grew up in a very multicultural home. I, um, always loved learning languages and exploring different cultures. Uh, so that kind of drove me to become a language teacher. I currently teach Spanish and I have taken my love of what I love about teaching Spanish is the ability to take, you know, my love of tech and integrate it, um, and really be able to teach and immerse my students into the culture. Um, But it, uh, so I currently teach at Deer Park High School. I have taught at Island Trees before, and I am in a master's program and anticipating getting my master's degree this summer. And then I'll be starting an admin cohort, which will eventually lead into a doctoral program, which is very exciting. Um, I know we were talking a little bit about that um, and just, you know, seeing if uh, the doctoral program will end up leading into a dissertation or not, which I'm hoping it won't, um, but we'll see. Uh, I'm very active in my world language community. 
I serve on, well, I, I, I have uh, presented at ACTFL, NYSEFELT, NECTFL, LILT, all language organizations. I was published last summer for ACTFL's The Language Educator, where I wrote about uh, differentiated instruction with my colleague, Dina Panone. Uh, I also have been named a leader of tomorrow by my New York State language organization, NYSEFELT, uh, where we're working on projects to help implement the new language standards for world language teachers in New York. And I have been awarded by my school district twice, um, honored by the Board of Education for my dedication to the district. So I'm really passionate about what I do. I care about my students. And um, I also serve as uh, an advisor for the Spanish Honor Society, French Honor Society. And I recently founded the Latinx Student Association with my colleague, Julissa Larkin. So very involved and I care a lot about my students. And this is what kind of brought me here today to talk about how we can help educators and students do better for their for their kids. Excellent. And oh my gosh, with everything that you do and thank you so much. I mean, you can really, you know, just tell the passion that you have for education based on everything that you just listed and the work that you're doing. And so I'm really excited to hear also how you kind of got into AI. We'll start off a little bit about that. And then, you know, maybe sharing some best practices. I know you said you're working in your language teacher. So this is very interesting and a nice insight, uh, you know, to hear from somebody in language, how they are uh, implementing AI, because as you know, a lot of times we've had here, you know, the creators of certain apps, and I'm sure that they would love to hear how you're implementing this into your classroom. So let's start right now with how did you first hear about, you know, AI or maybe chat GPT and what were your first thoughts and impressions about it? So this is actually a funny story. Um, I love to cook and I had my best friends over for a dinner party and my friend who works for, uh, works in SEO in New York City was sharing that her company is using this amazing app called ChatGPT. And this was, I think in November. And I was like, what is this? I didn't hear about it. I'm, I'm not really on Snapchat or other things. So I, I don't know, I think I had heard musings of it, but um, she was like, this is amazing. She's like, you know, and she put, she pulled it up and said, you know, write a beautiful poem about Nicole and how amazing she cooks and all this other nonsense. And it generated it in real time in less than, you know, 10 seconds. And I was amazed. Um, so then immediately I started thinking, how can I use this myself for productivity or, you know, whatever else. So then of course the rest of the night, the dinner party was over and I was just, you know, putting in prompts and just absolutely amazed with the output and just how quick it was. So, um, you know, since then AI has become my secretary. Um, I didn't know that as a teacher, we could have secretaries, but this is just, you know, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and I'd love to talk about just all the ways that I've used it from productivity to, um, you know, lesson planning to everything else. Um, so I would start with the fact that I started using it to help me, um, to help me with as far as secretarial things like, you know, reading emails or, uh, writing emails, you know, sometimes we, as teachers, we deal with tough situations, um, you know, whether it's, I could give an instance of a cheating situation where I gave uh, an online quiz on Google Forms, um, 
Go Guardian is my best friend. And it's an app where you can see the student's screens in real time. And of course, I saw a student logging out of the Google form and going on to Google Translate and copying one of the questions in my Google form. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I with GoGuardian, you can kind of type to them and say, you know, you're, you're not supposed to do that. But unfortunately, he kept doing it. So I screenshotted it. And now I had to do the next step, which is contact home and let them know that, unfortunately, the quiz would be a zero because of the cheating. Um, you know, that's a hard email to write because this is a good kid. I know this kid, um, the student. Unfortunately, he did. He made a wrong decision and actions have consequences. And, you know, we have to teach them these skills. So um, so I asked ChatGPT, I said, you know, please write a nice email to a student's parent explaining and then I, you know, detailed the situation and said, you know, please write it in a nice way, with a nice tone. And it generated the most beautiful email in 30 seconds, which would have taken me, you know, probably an hour to write because you want to make sure the tone and everything is, is nice. Um, so I would say I started it with helping me generate examples um, that I can use. And of course it needs to be tweaked a bit. Um, it'll sound a little, but you can also, you know, put in prompts to say, you know, use this sort of tone or you make it sound more professional. Um, so yeah, I think emails is the first thing that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, one thing that you mentioned too, and uh, thank you so much, Sophie, uh, for joining us and for your comment. Absolutely agree. Yeah, use it to write emails now, always, same yeah. <laughs> here. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, Nicole, is is just great. Number one, you heard about it. Number two, you started playing around with it you immersed yourself in it, you found the value now in what you can do, um, you know, within your workspace. And like you said, helping you with some of those tasks that normally do take a long time, because as you know, and I agree with you, you know, being in the classroom for 11 years, and sometimes having to have those tough conversations or having to send, you know, e e emails, you know, maybe not the best situation happening and you have to explain to parents, you know, you can spend minutes or even hours just because you're absolutely right. Having to make sure that you write the right tone, making sure that, you know, you're, you're not, you know, I guess making things, making the situation a little bit more difficult. So this is great and it's a great tool. And I bet, you know, that time that you save in writing this emails can definitely be used and moved over and shifted to things that are more related to, of course, your curriculum or your lessons and so on. So tell us a little bit more now about your progression, because, you know, working as a, as a language teacher, you know, now you saw the potential with the emails. And then, you know, now I want to hear how you started implementing it within your classroom setting and within your curriculum. Yeah. So from there, um, you know, aside from using it for more administrative tasks, I used it to help me. So for language, I use a teaching method called comprehensible input, uh, which essentially means that students should understand what the content they're being delivered, um, which is really different from traditional uh, language teaching, which is more, you know, uh, grammar drills or vocab lists. Um, so that that planning time is a long, it takes a long time, um, you know, generating stories that are at students' reading levels and then generating um, questions and, you know, fill in the blanks and, um, 
you know, parallel stories to the stories that uh, I originally created for them to interpret. So, you know, originally this would take me my whole weekend to prep lessons like this. Um, whereas now I can say, let's say I want to focus on travel. I can tell ChatGPT to create a really interesting story about a boy that travels to Peru and visits Machu Picchu and gets to tour the Nazca lines and gets to eat koi, which is a baked guinea pig. <laughs> and, you know, just I can put on all these fun things, but I can say, make it a fun story and include, you know, comical elements and make it have a surprise ending. And, you know, it does take a few tries. I'll put it in, then I'll have to modify the prompt. But I'm sure as, you know, you've discussed on this, I've heard, you know, from several times on this podcast, the product is only as good as what's inputted and the prompt. So, you know, really getting to work with your prompts and making sure that they're as specific as you can. Um, I think that's really been something that I've worked on. Um, but, you know, it, it, what comes out is great and it's a great skeleton and you can, edit it. And, you know, in the beginning, I can say it got better. Um, in the beginning, I got a lot of advanced Spanish. And, you know, you have to play around with how you can say, you know, how you can level it. So um, I've used prompts such as, you know, make it uh, able to be interpreted by a second grader, or, um, you know, use less vocabulary like this, or you can say use specific expressions, such as, you know, the super seven verbs, and then list them. Um, so it's just been a huge time saver as far as creating content for my kids. No, I absolutely love it. And I agree with you how this tool and mind you, I've tried it myself too, because what I want to do also is like, since Spanish is my first language, mm -hmm. you know, when I've been blogging, it's normally just been English, English, English. And I was like, well, you know, I want to reach out to you know, the, the Spanish community, you know, and so what I've been able to do and use ChatGPT is to help me translate, you know, the blog post. And I must say that it does an amazing job at translating. And then, of course, you know, with the prompts and so on, it, it really gets a lot better. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, it, it's too easy or maybe it's like, oh, that's cheating. But I think, you know, with what I'm hearing you say, you know, and what my experience is too as well, is we ourselves have to be very good at putting in that input and being very specific. So it's not just like, oh, here, create that story or, hey, just translate this blog. But in a way, it's like, okay, I need you to translate this blog into Spanish with this tone. And that's the same thing that you're describing is the same thing that I have to do in order for it to come out in such a way where, you know, it's easy to understand and it's easy to read. And then just reading through the translation, it helps me to also to go back and make any edits. So the time that I'm saving, though, is something that is key. And so right now that you're describing, you know, your work, I want to ask you from the teacher standpoint, and this is me before ChatGPT, you know, 11 years in the classroom was staying at work till about 6, 6.30, sometimes mm -hmm. 7, you know, and then on Fridays, I'll even just stay till like 7.30, you know, just because I want to get ready for Monday and making copies and doing the lessons and creating lessons. And man, that, that was overwhelming, you know, and then of course you've got your stack of papers, you've got a grade. So I want to ask you, how has this and you implementing this in your classroom, not only for 
yourself as far as your teaching assistant, you know, working <laughs> with, with emails and of course being able to generate stories and, and creating some of the flow for you. How has this helped you, you know, in comparison to the way you used to do things prior to chat GPT? Tell me a little bit about that. So, you know, as you heard, I'm so involved and I am working on so many projects, um, you know, whether it's my grad school or, you know, the clubs I'm involved in or uh, just content creation and meeting these new standards in our state. Um, so really it's, a, it's freed up my time so that I can dedicate more time to other projects that actually serve my students. Um, so instead of, you know, like I mentioned, lesson planning all weekend, you know, and, and creating these things and then the lesson planning itself, which we still have to do, um, you know, you can put all that stuff in and it just really is such a time saver. Um, and I, I can just really honestly say it has completely changed my life. It, it really, for anything, you know, and it, and it doesn't have to just be teaching, you know, it could be anything personally as well, like, um, you know, helping to write thank yous or, um, you know, writing congratulation posts and, and anything else, even social media, you know, generating social media posts. Sometimes I can get a little um, anxious about posting things, but really um, asking ChatGPT, you know, how can I uh, relay this new product that I created for Teachers Pay Teachers and create an Instagram post promoting it? You know, these are all just really awesome time savers that have just freed up so much more time. Yeah, no. And, you know, one of the things there too, and, and of course, the talk has been teacher burnout, teacher burnout. Yes. And this has been, of course, nobody really talked about it too much prior to pandemic and of course school shutting down and then of course we just came into this new era of like wow you know it's, it just seemed like everything was magnified a thousand times plus and just now seeing like whoa our system is not quite what we thought it was or maybe you know people just became more vocal and then of course coming back and it's hard to see those things where we see some wonderful teachers, wonderful educators that are passionate and were passionate about coming into education. And then you're seeing them, you know, before they used to say, oh, it's like, you know, the, the I guess the teacher expectancy was like five years and now it's moving down to three. And then who knows what it will be in the future. But I, you know, I agree that we cannot dismiss a tech like this it, that can help us. And one of the things that I always tell my teachers, and, and I try to be very, um, you know, direct with the platforms that we use and direct with my teachers and letting them know, look, you know, I, I know that this may seem like we're adding something else to your plate. However, you know, always explaining to them, like, this is what it can actually remove and this is how it can help your workflow, because I have always been a proponent of giving teachers time back, you know, and I always, you know, start my PDs with, this, I, you know, I, I know can get you at least maybe 10 minutes yeah. back in your day. And I always say, even if you just want to sit there with the lights off and just decompress and that's it. If I can get you those 10 minutes back, that is so valuable. And like you said, for yourself, even that quality of life, because you are so involved mm -hmm. with your students and of course the extracurricular clubs and of course presenting, but mm -hmm. all for the greater good of your students. Now you can really focus on that. And I absolutely and I, love I that. And I love it. You know, I love being involved and that's what I want to do, you know. So um, having this just time back is, is essential. Um, but I want to share, you know, just even now with um, pre prepping them for finals, um, giving them 
parallel, you know, I mentioned parallel text. So um, in the world language community, parallel text means, you know, a story and then giving them a story that's very similar, like a skeleton and having them interpret that because the more exposure they get to the same language, the more they're able to reproduce it. Um, so, you know, helping me generate those kind of things, but even helping me generate uh, review activities, you know, um, they take what's called the FLAX exam um, as their state exam. So uh, it has short readings and long readings. Um, so helping me, you know, I'll just go into ChatGPT and say, help uh, write a short article on um, ecotourism in, you know, Puerto Rico and generate five multiple choice questions. Of course, it requires you to go back and check it, but, um, you know, it just, it just really is such a time saver. Um, and we haven't even discussed grading yet, which is a whole yeah. other fun thing. Um, yeah. Would, so, you know, yeah. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry to interject there, but yeah, we'll definitely lead into that. I definitely want to talk about that, but before we do that too, now I want to ask about your students right now. And I want to ask what grade level is it that you are currently teaching? Ninth and 10th. Ninth and 10th. So I want to ask, you know, what has been your, the reaction of the students? Do the students know uh, about ChatGPT? Have they been using it? Do they know that you use it? So uh, let us know a little bit about that environment, because this is the first time that I'm speaking with a classroom practitioner that is using it and implementing it, and especially in a language classroom. So tell me a little bit about that environment and, you know, maybe the students' reactions and how this is working out for them. Yeah, so I would say it's a mixture. Um, some students know about ChatGPT, but they all know about the AI Snapchat bot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact name, but um, that was that's kind of their ChatGPT where they're able to talk to, you know, that bot and... I think they generate a lot of their um, their essays that they might try to cheat on with that. Um, but as far as um, if they know that I'm using it, I've, I've talked about how I like to use it for productivity. I don't necessarily tell them that I use it to generate their content, um, but I think it's a conversation that's worth having once it's used more. Um, you know, I do have some students that are older in my honor societies that have used it for other things. Um, one even told me that, you know, she had used it to generate a speech for an honor society induction. Um, so, you know, they're using it for productivity as well. I'm sure she had to tweak it um, a little bit, but it, you know, the speech was great. Um, Excellent. Now, what about the grading component now? Because I, I know, like for myself, and we were talking a little bit about this too in the pre-chat, and going back again, I'm really dating myself here. I mean, back in the classroom, and this was about six years ago when I was last in the classroom, but, you know, just the stacks and stacks and stacks of papers, you know, having to grade and so on, and, and it was just really ominous. And then, of course, now with everything being digital and, you know, being able to submit your work, whether it's through a Google Doc or any other LMS, you know, how have you been able to use the power of ChatGPT to help you with your grading process? I would love to hear that. Yeah. So when you think about, you know, learning a language, you really don't, you know, so Google Forms when that came out, that was awesome because it was an auto grading service, you know, kind of like a scantron or anything else but it was just so easy um so you know as teachers we're always looking for easier ways to give feedback quickly to students you know because let's if we want to assess them on key skills like writing um however that takes a long time if you have 150 students you have 150 writings to grade yet it's essential for them to practice that skill i would say daily and 
you know, having them practice it, but not giving them feedback isn't the best thing. Uh, so now with ChatGPT, um, you can have students write an essay and, you know, on a, on a product like Canva and copy it into ChatGPT and give it specific things to look for, um, you know, have it look for comprehensibility, um, you know, whatever target structures you're looking for. Let's say you're, you know, you really wanted it to um, just look for, you know, past tense. So you can say really look for the preterite and uses of it. Um, and it just generates amazing feedback in 30 seconds. You know, something that would have taken me at least five minutes or more per student, maybe 10, um, it's generating it in 30 seconds. And I'm able to right away give that feedback to the students, you know, tweak it a little bit, because as we were discussing, it kind of comes back a little harsh sometimes. Um, like your, your writing is okay, but um, you know, we don't want to <laughs> give a student that. And here are some ways to improve. Um, but really, like in the past, I've, for productivity purposes, I've created checklists, you know, this is, you know, this is what you need to work on just so that I didn't have to write it out every time. But now this is written feedback, detailed written feedback that students can look at and use for a way to improve their fluency. You know, and that's one thing that I do love. And my experience through this is, well, again, I'm not in the classroom currently serving as an instructional technologist. So I don't work with, you know, students submitting anything. However, I did share with you the great way that in a way I was kind of grading myself based on a rubric. And so with uh, my doctoral class and I shout out to Dr. Corbet and, uh, you know, the, the doctoral program, because they're really just doing great and adopting and the possibilities more AI into their coursework. But what I did is I took my rubric for my class. I just put it straight into chat GPT and gave it some clear instructions as far as how I wanted it to act, what I needed it, what I needed for it to do. And so based on that rubric, I was putting in each section of the paper that I had written and it was giving me just really crucial and critical feedback in order for me to maximize the points uh, for my writing. And it was just wonderful. So I mean, as a teacher, I can definitely see this also being very specific with your rubric, like you mentioned, and being able to input the student writing or the assignment, whatever it may be, and then ChatGPT helping you out, giving that meaningful feedback. And one thing that I love, too, is that as an educator, prior to this, many times we don't give feedback at all to our students. We give the letter grade or we just give yeah. the number. But what I recall and what I've seen is, you know, students just take that worksheet and eh, it's an 80, it's a 90, whatever. I just shove it in my backpack into that abyss where everything gets lost. And we don't give enough feedback because it takes up a lot of time to be able to give feedback. Then, of course, you've got digital tools that, you know, now you can go ahead and record some feedback. You can go ahead and make yeah, some I notes. Note is great for that. Yeah, you know, and so we've got that kind of technology, too. You know, I know Cami, I, you, I give teacher feedback through Cami, too, because I'm able to do voice notes and record my actual face and then just go ahead and give them feedback. But what I love, though, is that, I can go ahead and put their writing in here, get that feedback, and then you give it back to them. And it's it's so precise, you know, and what it needs for them to do, how they can improve and talk about saving time. And really, I honestly feel that we can we're serving our students a lot better yes. with this tool than before where you just give them the 80 and they're like, why? 
well and we get overwhelmed because it's like oh, now i have to explain this all over and it could be it can be tough, you know, and especially with 30 kids, 32 kids, depending on the district size, you know, that you're at, it could be a little bit overwhelming. But having this assistant or, or co-teacher that ChatGPT could be could be wonderful. Yeah, it's it's really life changing. Um, and, you know, like we're saying, the importance of giving feedback regularly and quickly, you know, um, let's say you gave a, a test last week on Monday, you know, it could, if you have 150 students, it can take, you know, a week or two to, to really do your best for each student and, and correct it and give that feedback. So having that be able to be in real time and you just sit down 30 minutes, you know, copy and paste, look at the feedback, give it back. I mean, it's, it's really a game changer. Absolutely. I, and I absolutely love that every single bit of it. So now let's talk a little bit here because in the pre-chat also, and, and I was so excited to hear this because I, I haven't heard too much, um, you know, from a lot of districts at this point and not even here locally uh, yet from some of my friends that they're having these conversations. But you actually mentioned to me that you all have a committee now that is getting together to discuss, you know, the possibilities of implementing ChatGPT, and you're having those conversations with stakeholders. So, um, Nicole, please walk us through that. I, I would love for you to share, if you can, share yeah. like, who is involved in those conversations, and how did the this committee come about? You know, what was uh, who was the the person that started it? Because I think that this could be very helpful for a lot of other educators like yourself, myself to know who it is that we need to involve or how we can get the conversation started because this is something that is here and it's only gonna get better each day that goes by. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's um, one of my district administrators, Jay Murphy. Um, he is the instructional technology uh, district administrator. And about a month or two ago, um, he put out a survey uh, asking for interest in joining a, an, a committee involving AI. So immediately I you know, was so excited and I joined um, and we had our meeting a few weeks ago and it was really cool to see who joined. There were teacher, it was open to anyone from the district um, and teachers you know, from elementary school to high school joined and there were administrators as well. Um, so it was a really, really cool opportunity that he provided us to just discuss you know, he kind of actually started it very interesting with what are our fears about um, AI and, you know, transitioning from that. And it was just the opportunity to have an open conversation um, where we were able to share our feelings about it. And it was really cool to hear from English teachers, science teachers, you know, language teachers like myself, um, elementary school teachers, administrators, um, you know, and not everyone was thrilled about it. Not everyone had shared the same perspective I did, but there were some valid concerns raised. Um, you know, the point, the, I think the purpose of our committee is to eventually come up with guidelines for our district, uh, for how we will implement it. And really, I guess, you know, it was, are we a fan of it? Are we not? And then why? That was really the purpose of that first, that first meeting. So I'd love to talk about, you know, some of the things that were said, um, the points that were brought up. Yes, absolutely. I would love to talk about that because, again, you know, I feel that 
when this came out, you know, and it was like November, you know, December, everybody was on break and then we're coming in. And of course, you've got the early adopters, you know, teachers that are using this and so on. But a lot of the conversation, at least here in our area, kind of falls by the wayside because from January to May, it's state testing season and everything is just focused on, you know, curriculum and finishing everything, preparing for the test. And so sometimes those conversations, they do fall by the wayside and they don't pick up again till the summer or early fall before we get into the school year. So let us know a little bit about, you know, what it is that you're planning and, and doing, because this can definitely be very useful, not only to myself, but to all our listeners here uh, for their districts. I can say, you know, shout out to our district, Deer Park, um, you know, for having the first, from my knowledge, I know, committee on Long Island's discussing these important things. Um, you know, so that's, that's a really awesome initiative that uh, Jay Murphy brought about. Um, and I'm such a, I feel really honored to be a part of it because like I said, I even reached out to my home district and, you know, what, which from, you know, they're very well known Locust Valley and, you know, to my understanding, they don't have a policy yet. So it's really cool to be part of, you know, the first district that is going to be implementing this. But, um, you know, the conversations were tough. Um, you know, there were people that were adamant to ban it and to, you know, that are against chat GPT for valid reasons. You know, they say that, uh, a lot of our, you know, in general, students' writing is poor. Um, you know that they're not able to do basic skills like that. So how are they now going to, you know, why should they now have this tool that's just going to make it easier for them uh, when they lack those basic skills? Um, there are also I'll start with the concerns first. So there are also concerns um, regarding teacher preparation, which is a valid point. Um, you know, saying that. There are teachers that haven't even heard of this and you know how are we going to just allow this program in the district when you know there are several teachers that haven't heard of it or you know don't know what it is or how to use it um and so there were talks about okay so then you know after the concerns well how can we address these concerns well maybe there needs to be some teacher preparation professional developments offered um i was actually asked to be a tech mentor for our district next year so those are kind of some things i'll probably bring up in our meetings um, but, you know, as far as addressing, um, whether, you know, kids with those lacking those basic skills and now implementing chat GPT, I'm a big fan of mixing things. Um, you know, I don't think that it should be all chat GPT. <laughs> you know, my Spanish class will not be, you know, Spanish with chat GPT. No, it's using it when it's, it makes sense. You know, just like when Google Translate came out, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of Spanish teachers in panic, you know, now they're never going to write an essay themselves again. Well, then, you know, you have to go back to handwriting for some things. Um, so I do that anyway. And you know, I think there's a, a nice mix of both. Um, but what I think we all kinds of came to a consensus on is ChatGPT is here. It is being used in workspaces. Like I mentioned, my friend that works in SEO, it's, they use it on a regular basis for, um, you know, uh, generating um, content for their blogs or just being able to code websites and whatever else. Um, so I think that not implementing it or teaching our kids the skills for creating good prompts is going to put them at a disadvantage when they graduate. And our goal as educators is to create, you know, uh, make these students college and career ready. So I think, you know, we all came to the consensus for the most part that you know, it is it, it is going to be implemented. We just have to come up with ways to do it. 
Yeah, for me, for myself, the the main concern is also is like we talked about the age, you know, the age restrictions at first, you know, it was 18, then they knocked it down to 13. And so my concern is, okay, what are districts doing to be very, you know, cautious as far as the usage of this? Um, is it just going to be for 13 and up? Is it just going to be for teachers? Is it going to be for everybody that is 13 and up, but making sure that you do have written parental consent, because that's something that you should have, uh, you know, and I know that every district, or at least most districts at the beginning of the year, they have uh, the tech uh, form that the parents sign stating that, you know, the students are allowed to have all that tech. But I think this is a little different. I know a lot of the, the other platforms, you know, their COPA, FERPA, and all that compliance and all that good stuff. Um, so my, that's really my concern. So I, I'm kind of in the middle, like I, I love the idea. And as an educator, you know, being able to use this, of course, I'm all for also being able to teach students how to use this because it is the future of work. You know, I know that we talked about, well, what if this is all they're going to use and they're writing, but we talked a little bit about pre-chat and, and my thoughts on this, you know, not being in the classroom anymore, but even just talking about dissertation, I've been pushing hard, you know, my professor <laughs> saying like, why do I need to write a hundred plus page paper to prove to you that I know what I'm talking about when can I do it, you know, via video? Can I do it, you know, through podcasts? Can I do it through another presentation and explain to you and talk to you about it in multiple ways and present it to you rather than just me writing? Because I know a lot of people will say, well, how do I know that this just wasn't written with, through ChatGPT? My question too is like, are we grading for stamina or are we grading, you know, for actual knowledge, you know, that you do know? So those are just the things to think about too as well. And, and, you know, as those conversations are had, but I am excited and delighted to hear that your district is, and your team here that you talked about is having these conversations because they are very important. So thank you so much for sharing that. And um, again, I agree with you too. You know, this is the, the future of work. Uh, I mean, this again has been a game changer for me as far as the flow of my work, personal work, and even my professional work because it's just easy to, you know, just create what it is that I need and it becomes that personal assistant. So that way we can focus on what is really important and work on those things. So that's been definitely very helpful. Well, Nicole, this has just been amazing. I really appreciate you sharing and coming on here and letting us know your experience, you know, the way that you, you know, found ChatGPT, how you've been using it, how your, you know, the district is coming up with a team and having these conversations and what is going to be allowed and involving important stakeholders in there. So it's great. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, Nicole, if you can share with our audience, I know I've been sharing the links throughout the, the conversation and everything, but please let us know, you know, if any of our audience members would love to connect with you and maybe ask you even more questions or possibly yeah. even invite you on their podcast too as well to, so you can share. Please let us know how they may be able to connect with you. Yeah, I will. Um, can I type in the chat my email? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I think I, I have it here. Oh, I will perfect. go ahead and copy and paste it. And so guys, if you check the chat here, you can go ahead and um, connect with uh, Nicole here. Or you and can I send have... me a DM on Instagram. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm available and I would love to talk to you about how you use it. Um, you know, we're actually talking about like ethics even. Um, I know that um, something I would like to do once we have permission from the committee is to have students have um, conversations with uh, 
ChatGPT and even possibly simulate famous people that we learn about and you know interview them. Um, but that is you know a, a discussion for morals and ethics. Um, but we'll see what our committee comes up with and our policies. So it'll be an interesting conversation to hopefully have again later down the line. Absolutely. Well, I'm just really excited about that. And again, we are about to wrap up. And of course, this is the last segment of the show. And Nicole, if you're familiar with the show, we always end the show with three questions for our guests. And what I want to do here before I get into that, I, this episode today is actually sponsored by Content Clips. Uh, so please make sure that you check out Content Clips because if you are a podcaster like myself, you know that you know creating clips and you know sound bites for these videos can definitely take some time. So please make sure that you check out Content Clips and please make sure that your friend Fonz, let them know that your friend Fonz sent you and then that way they can go ahead and uh, just push you right through. And again, this is a great way for you to be able to create your clips, put on it, putting them out on all socials and of course, saving you some time. So thank you so much, Content Clips. All right, so Nicole, this is your very first question. As you know, every superhero has a weakness. And in this case, we know Superman, his weakness was kryptonite. So anyway, anytime he came around kryptonite, it was just like, oh, you know, it would just weaken him. So I want to ask you, in the current state of education, whether it's AI or just anything else, but in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite um i would say when i get distracted like i i get distracted really easily and um i would say possibly scrolling through hours and hours of tiktoks of other people doing really really awesome things um you know just even like seeing like puppets being used or this or that so i always kind of get sidetracked and say well i want to try this in my classroom and then you know completely go away from whatever else i was doing so i think just the availability of so much information out there that it can kind of get overwhelming and you almost feel like you have to take it all on. Um, so I would say it would be that. <laughs> all right. All right. Good answer. All right. Question number two is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Um, it's a funny question. Um, I think it would be, I mean, after this podcast, it would be ChatGPT, use it. It's a time saver, but um, I don't know. Maybe my dogs. I love my dogs. I think they're the best. I, um, their names are Gunnar and Rosie. Maybe, oh, maybe like a, an advocacy for pit bulls. They're actually pit bulls, and people get really up in arms about pit bulls and how they're apparently dangerous and this and that, but they're the biggest mushes ever. So I think it would be that. I love it. I agree with you. Actually, I had a friend of mine, a very close friend, who did his, oh, the pit bull's name is Conrad. And Conrad, <laughs> huge pit bull, one of the sweetest, sweetest dogs I have ever met in my yeah. life. I mean, you walk in and he was just jumping up and down for joy and it was, he was just awesome. So I definitely agree with you on that. So that'd be a great, <laughs> great billboard. All right. My last question for you, Nicole, is... If you can turn any of your hobbies into a profession, what hobby might that be? Oh, I love to cook. And I actually had 
gone between teaching or becoming a chef, but I had heard that um, chef life is extremely stressful and that they have extremely late hours. So I think if I could turn my hobby of cooking into a profession, I would, if, as long as the hours were different. <laughs> There you go. All right. That would be great. So, well, maybe like, uh, I know that there's like private chefs that maybe like sometimes you get hired to go just like, hey, I just need my lunches or I just need dinners or something yeah. like that. And it's just, you know, being able to work with your schedule. And, and then you imagine being able to travel around the world and just say, hey, I want to hire you to just come and do my lunch. And then, you know, I'm going to fly you in just to do lunches. I think that would be amazing. Awesome. So, that would be awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I know that we talked about having a follow-up show too, as well, you know, maybe as, uh, you know, as the, the year, uh, you know, slowly starts for us here in August. So maybe following up and then I would love to hear, you know, what other plans your committee has come up with and, you know, and then of course your plans for the following year and yeah. ways, things that you learned from this year that you can go ahead and change to use uh, for next year and so on. So I'm definitely excited for that. We'll definitely schedule that. So thank you so much. I want to thank Sophie also who joined us in the chat also as well. Thank you. And we had uh, Diana Eckstein also who joined us on LinkedIn. I really appreciate you all. And for all of you, my friends that are going to be catching this on the replay, please make sure that you check out our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life for this amazing episode and the other 207 amazing episodes with amazing educators and creators that you can take knowledge nuggets from and sprinkle them on to what you are already doing great. I really appreciate all the likes, shares, and follows. And if you haven't uh, subscribed to us on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to a thousand followers there. And please make sure you follow us on all socials at my ed tech life we would love to connect with you shoot us a dm reach us through our website at myedtech.life. Uh, if you're interested on in being a guest please make sure that you connect with us too as well and if you would love to contribute to our mission of connecting educators and creators one show at a time please make sure you stop by your merch store where you can go ahead and pick up some amazing caps, some shirts. We've got all sorts of swag there that you can pick up. And all of that goes back to our mission of bringing you some amazing conversations to help all our educators be well-informed of anything at tech. And of course, even having some tough conversations on tough subjects. We're all here for that. We want to make sure that we help everybody in our education space. So thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, my friends, don't forget, stay techie.